0: You're listening to Shit Adults Never Taught Us, the podcast where we talk shit in a good way. All right, everybody. We are midway through the season almost, and I am losing faith that we are ever going to make a 30-minute episode because every time I go to make a 30-minute episode, the guest is so freaking interesting that I end up talking to them for an hour and a half, and there's no way to edit that. So this episode is going to be a little bit longer. I think we're somewhere over 40 minutes, but I promise you... My guest today has so much good stuff. So we talk about burnout, we talk about shame, and we talk about everything in between. She spent her time in the tech industry, and when she realized that everything she was striving for wasn't actually making her happy, she left and is now a burnout coach. So I want to introduce you right now, without any hesitation, to Kelly Madera. All right. Hi, Kelly. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing very well. So excited to be here. Yes. Welcome to Shit Adults Never Taught Us. You have a lot of stuff <laughs> that um, I assume people never taught you or that you had to learn the, let's say, rough way, the, the harder way than the smooth, you know, easy way. So let's dive right in. Can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: Of course. And yes, I think we've all had the stuff we wish that schools would teach us like, hey, how do I deal with stuff like mental health, meditating? What's that? Savings, financial, what? None of this is ever taught. Um, But yes, so here I am. I'm Kelly Madera, everyone. I am a burnout coach and a speaker. And I also have my own copywriting business. And, but I wasn't always all those things. So this version of me has definitely been built. Um, I've I've had so many different I think I've lived many lifetimes in one I've had many different careers I've lived in many different cities and it took me a while to figure out okay what is again because no one ever really teaches you how to figure out your purpose and your passion it took me a while it was a winding road to get to where I am now this is a few years ago so I was in my late 20s I'm early 30s now and I was like a lot of other people. I was in a corporate role and I was a workaholic. I worked around the clock. I did not take time for myself. I didn't have any sort of self care, any kind of just rituals in place or boundaries. I'd say that was something I had none of. I didn't even know what that word really meant. I thought it was something in like a sports game. And so <laughs> I would just, <laughs> so that combined with, I think, a very low self esteem and like low self-worth, I felt that I had to give all of myself to my job. And my job, because it wasn't something I was particularly interested in, I felt I had to overcompensate a lot because I wasn't that interested in it and I didn't want other people to know. But I wanted to stay, I mean it was it's just like this kind, this very cyclical mindset of I need to work, I need health insurance, and therefore I'm going to work in a place that I don't really feel good about going to, but I need this because society tells me this. So anyway, I set up this really, really lovely (laughs) uh, lifestyle for myself where I basically was very obsessed with work and feeling that that was the only way I could get true validation and that performing well there meant that I was valuable as a person. Um, But for 28 years, I ignored my own feelings about everything I was doing. And I woke up one morning and I had this tingling sensation in my hands. I felt nauseous. I felt, I mean, it was just like this whole range of symptoms that I'd never experienced. And I really wasn't able to go to work. So I laid in bed for a week. I thought I had cancer or diabetes. I I didn't know what it was. I was getting blood tests. I definitely thought it was something physical. And then I, yeah, I got the blood test results back. My doctor called me and most doctors don't do this, but this one did. And he said to me, you know, you're physically very healthy. What you have is anxiety and you really need to get this looked at. And at this point, I'd been in a weekly traditional therapy for about five years and the word anxiety had never come up. I'm listening to this shocked because I considered myself at this point to be someone who really knew what she was doing and oh I, I work out I go to therapy once a week yeah I have this high-paying corporate job yeah I'm really great so when he said this to me I thought wow I didn't want to believe it I thought no that's not possible he's like okay well here's a number of someone you can call and I kind of went into this depression shortly after that lasted a few days where I really just had to look in the mirror and think, "Wow, okay, there's a lot about myself I still don't know," and really uncomfortable. But clearly, whatever is going on is impacting my life to such an extreme that I cannot function normally. I had to cancel a trip. I, I like I said, I missed a week of work. It was, it was very. I, I just, I couldn't control it. it basically, I got to the point where I wasn't able to control it at all.
0: Okay, so when you were told that you have anxiety from your doctor, which by the way, it took like two dozen doctors for me to even get there. And I went, I was experiencing physical symptoms. I went to a therapist who their specialty was pain management. And I was like, oh, fantastic. So like, they're going to say, there's nothing wrong with my head. It's definitely like a physical thing. Here's a pill, go fix yourself. And she did the opposite. And she was like, okay, so you have anxiety and here's how it's manifesting you. I was like, oh shit. But if you are, like you said, putting so much of your identity onto your profession and I've done the same thing where people go like tell me about yourself and I just dive into what I do for work and they're like cool but like what about you Mm -hmm. so if you have put so much of your identity on your on your work on your professional life and then you are told you have anxiety and you can't work until you figure this piece out how much of that
1: questioned your identity every all of it I mean (laughs) everything everything. I was like, who am I? I mean, I, I had a crisis. I was having a, a quarter life crisis in like a very real way. And, you know, it was interesting because then when I started working on all this stuff, like I had to, I had panic disorder. So I was having panic attacks is what all these things were. And I needed to learn how to breathe again. And when I went back to work and I started having boundaries, I, I started, you know, doing this stuff. And Natasha After, I would say, three months of me putting boundaries and like really changing my life and my lifestyle, I got fired from this job.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: No warning, no severance, just called me one day up out of the blue. Please do not come in. You can mail your laptop back.
0: Did they tell you it was because of the boundaries that you had set up? Was it directly related to the changes you were making to become healthy
1: in a way i mean they didn't say like you have boundaries and i don't want you but it was a lot of i i my boss that i was working with you know it it was a bit of an unhealthy relationship and again of course i can never blame anything fully on someone else i was definitely doing things i mean i was different and they you know when i asked why is this happening before they quickly wanted to hang up on me because you know there's all this libel going on uh they said oh you're just not performing the tasks anymore and what was really happening is that I was putting a lot of boundaries with my boss. I, I was, I guess, standing up for myself more, more than I ever had ever in any relationship in my life. And I guess I chose to do it. At the point. I probably should have tried it out in like some personal things first, but I really chose to do it and probably overdid it at my place of work. And, and that was the result.
0: Yeah. You swing sort of in the opposite direction. Yeah. Try it out with like a Starbucks barista first. And then if that goes well, then like apply it other places. But I do think it's important to do it at work. So if you're needing, if work is the one place that you need to set those boundaries, eventually it's got to happen. Whether it happens today or it happens down the road, slowly, gradually, it's going to happen one way or another. So if getting fired was the result, would have happened eventually.
1: I think so too, and I I I also—I mean—I'm a very spiritual person, and and this is also how I learned how to heal and and have this totally different lifestyle. And that things happen for for you. I mean, at the time, I didn't think that, but it's really like, come on—is that the job? Like, like we already discussed, it wasn't my dream job. It wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. And I think my subconscious, like, was acting out in a way where just get out of this. Like, this is. Part of the reason you have panic disorder, like this, is in like impacting this.
0: Your body was physically rejecting your lifestyle.
1: Yes, it was <laughs> screaming at me, like, "Listen to me. We do not need to be here. You could be anywhere doing anything else. Like, stop." Yeah. Oh, I feel like the
0: exact same thing. I was working at a company that I did not like, that was misogynistic, that was genuinely like costing a little bit of my soul every so often I would be like, who am I saying these words? Or like writing this email i would be like, who is the person that just said that? And then I would go home and I would go and see so many doctors and I went and got every test and MRIs and CT scans. And okay. I did have an autoimmune disorder that they years later found out is activated by stress and anxiety. And like, it can be dormant when I'm fine and then it gets activated by stress. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not stressed because you look around every single one of your friends when you're what? I was like 23, 24, 25. Every single one of your friends is also burning out, also stressed. And I'm like, I'm not stressed. I'm just normal. I'm just a 25 year old hustling in Los Angeles and like making it work. And that's not...
1: It, it Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's healthy. No, and, and it's such an American thing too, like this cultural, I guess, and especially in cities and in places where there are all these like high achievers where you look around and you think, oh, well, this isn't different. Like everyone else is doing this. And yes, and I completely relate to this misogyny situation. <laughs> like on this team, this one I got fired from was 30 men, basically and four women. And it was just, it was very much exclusionary. I mean, it's it's everything you thought of, like people trying to have meetings in bars. I mean, it's just like all these cliches and you make excuses for it. Oh, maybe that really wasn't it. You question yourself. You put yourself back in these uncomfortable situations. You look around at what your friends are going through. Oh, they all hate what they're doing too. Okay, I guess this is just life.
0: We have so many phrases for it too. It's like paying your dues or that's just the way it's always been done. And I think back to all the times I would be in these rooms And be like, that was a really inappropriate thing that was just said. And then I would like not say anything and I would just bottle it up and I would internalize it and I'd be like I'm the only woman in this room so like maybe this is just how these guys talk or whatever and then I would go home and I would tell my friends about the weird thing my boss said and it was like a competition they would be like oh my god you won't believe what my boss said or you won't believe the insanely ridiculous thing I heard today and then we're in this competition of who has it worse which is a fueling mechanism of oh well we're competing for like who wants it more who's hustling more But I promise you that once you get that promotion, once you get all that, whatever it is you're striving for, that shit doesn't go away. The misogyny, whatever, even if it's not misogyny, but the people started expecting you to put up with the weird comments, to send the email at midnight, to cancel your vacation, to not go out to dinner. People started expecting these things of you from when you were hustling, you told them, this is who I am. And so then you get the promotion you're like, oh, fantastic, I don't have to do this anymore. And they go, yeah, you do. That's why you're here. And you're like,
1: oh, well,
0: now I got to leave.
1: It is so, I mean, and that's how these cultural things perpetuate themselves. It's like this never ending cycle. And and what you said, the the words, the the kind of framing that, that we do, that we say to make it okay, like even the whole concept of a happy hour, it's like this notion that all day, you're unhappy. And then, okay, we're going to go drink alcohol to become happy. Another American thing, like, oh, let's drink. That's fun. That's great. When really that just, for me, adds to anxiety, adds to like not being able to sleep well. And then you add in all these other dynamics of corporate work life with alcohol. I mean, it's like this recipe for, yes, definitely developing an autoimmune disorder, an anxiety disorder, all these things.
0: You're basically with the happy hour thing or with, you know, I have it in my industry a lot with client dinners and stuff. It's supposed to be, well, let's go have fun. Why can't we make the work day, fun and productive. And then we don't have to schedule these after work things where it's like, let's get to know each other as people. Does that mean that you have no desire to know me as a person? You're just seeing me as this tool. It has happened to me. And I still, even now in a position of management, I still do it sometimes with people that I manage where I'm like, Let's go away from the office. Like if I see somebody's having a bad day and they don't want to talk or like there's something that we need to talk about performance wise, I go, let's go grab a cup of coffee because there is a different energy outside of the office. But when you're in the office all day with somebody who is, as you see it, task oriented and this is their role and this is my role and this is how we work together. And it's like, I can't see this person as a person until I'm outside this place. That's an issue. 100%.
1: 100%. And I think it's really this way. And I was working in tech, by the way. So they, they do this whole thing where you can have breakfast here, you can have lunch here, yeah. you can have dinner here. Oh, and then we're going to go have an event after like, they really just want your whole life to be about work. And they entice you to come to these places, even though you're making enough where you can easily go eat wherever you want to go. They're like, no, but you need to stay here with us. And then you need to have dinner with us. Oh, okay. But you know, you don't really need to go to lunch. So you can go to this meeting because you can just get lunch down there. And And bring it here, right? I mean, it's just like this whole thing of yeah, you're right, not really seeing the humanity of people or not being like, okay. No, this person wants to go to lunch not because it's like some convenient thing okay let me go do this so i can prioritize working over everything
0: yes i worked for six years at three different companies where lunch was offered every day we had unlimited coffee uh if you had yes. to stay late you dinner was covered and now that's still sometimes the case but it's more like today's a busy day does anybody want us to order lunch in it's not mandatory if i do my job at my job it should be
1: enough I mean, I think what you're just describing is boundaries, is having boundaries and then having other people respect them. Because if people that are higher up or who are really calling all the shots don't respect them, then it doesn't, I mean, in my case, like it doesn't matter. Like they are like, no, that's just not how we do things. And, you know, this is another huge part of my work because I feel so passionate about this because learning how to do this changed my life. It's like going in and working with companies that are, like you say, like they think work-life balance is offering like free yoga classes or things that are at the office so that you'll like stay there longer. Okay. Let me, okay. Before I leave, I'll just go check my email, you know, this sort of thing. But I'm really wanting to go in and like have deeper workshops and conversations with the people that are making these decisions to say, you know, this is how you have a problem with retention. Okay. Let's talk about why. Let's talk about what the boundary situation is like in your office and what you're teaching your managers about how to interact with their employees.
0: Usually when you interview for a job, there's like two or three people in the room. The first Mm -hmm. question I always ask is when at the end, you know, when they're like, do you have any questions? I always go, how long have you been here? Because I was no kidding you in an interview one time with several, I think it was like five people, all of which had been there for less than six months and it was a 10 year old company. If the five people sitting in front of me are all new, there's a reason they had to replace that many roles.
1: Yeah, see, I didn't have that mindset in this last corporate job that I had. And I wish I did because every single person was like less than a year that I talked to. Yeah, you're right. And there was like a panel of like three or four people, but I wasn't like, oh, this is a problem. I thought, oh, this is cool. This means that like, I'll have more freedom or like I'll be able to create things. And you know, they'd never really had someone in my role before. So I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great. It's so true. I mean, you 100%, you're right. It's in every single industry in some way. People will try. And if you don't know to look for that, you're going to probably fall victim to it. And
0: what are the signs do you think that people should look for?
1: I think the biggest thing about burnout and avoiding it and just cultivating a more balanced life is just looking at your life. I mean, how are your other spheres? And by other spheres, I mean, how are your friendships? What is your relationship like with your family? And most importantly, what is your relationship like with yourself? I mean, what do you like to do? And like we yeah. said earlier, your identity cannot be around what you do for work. You need to have other interests. And the more you're developing yourself, and you know, whether that's maybe you really like to travel, maybe you like to go to museums, maybe you like to play group volleyball, maybe you like to play tennis, maybe you like to play video games, I mean, whatever it is, like, if you don't have several, not just one, like several things that you do, you know, on a weekly, monthly basis, that take up your time, that, that just develop you as a person that make you interesting, because someone that, talks about work all the time. And that's their only thing that they're super interested in. Like that's not being very well-rounded. And I think you're really selling yourself very short.
0: That's my favorite thing is when I meet somebody and we get halfway
1: through a conversation and I have no idea what they do for work. Oh oh my gosh. Again, culturally, we we do place a lot of emphasis on like, what do you do? How much do you make? Where do you live? What do you, I mean, all these things that don't really matter or say anything about who you are. And yeah, so I think that that's a huge thing. Like, what are your interests? And what do you talk about with people? Because if it's just work that, you know, those kind of people are just going to go together and you're just going to get more and more of it, right? Birds of a feather, that whole concept. But I think that, you know, if you are exposing yourself to different things, then other areas of your life are probably going to be a lot more rewarding and you won't feel like you have to give everything to your job, whatever that is.
0: I have been asking myself the question recently, who are you racing? Because it feels like I, there are these milestones a lot that I'm like, oh, I thought by, you know, 32, I'd have this, this, and this, or, oh, I really wanted this thing and I didn't get it. And I constantly have to ask myself, Natasha, who are you racing? Am I racing past me? Am I racing what I thought future me would be? Am I racing this imaginary milestone checkmark list that I'm supposed to have by this age? Am I racing friends on Facebook from high school? Am I racing? Because that's going to tell me what I'm actually trying for. Oh, I'm not actually trying to get this promotion. I'm trying to beat my high school bully. That's something to go work on. What, who
1: am I trying to become? I love that. It's it's almost like what is your intention behind what why you're doing what you're doing. And, and there is this element of like comparing yourself to other people that are at or around your age, which I think is very natural to do where Yeah. 31. Like, should I be owning my own home? Should I be making like this amount of money? Should I be in this like super serious partnership relationship? Like I don't have any of those things right now. I mean, I do have money, but I don't have like, okay, this super serious person. I don't own my home. I don't, you know, and then you think, okay, is this something I should feel bad about because I'm not there
0: But then you're racing the idea of that, right? You're racing the idea that maybe you should have this house, this partner, whatever. And you're looking at the people that do have that. But what you don't know is whether or not those people are happy with those things. You know they're not happy. You have no idea if they like that house or if they can't afford to go on vacation because of that house. You have no idea how many times a week they're fighting with their partner that you think is the perfect partner. Uh,
1: it's so, you know what? No, it's so true. And I, I'm, I'm going to try to not give any away, away any details. So if this person listens or no one will know what I'm talking about. But I was I was with a, a good friend, a girlfriend the other day. I've known her for a while. And, you know, from the outside, her life looks this way, like owns the home, has the husband, the kids, the dog. I mean, it's very, very like typical white picket fence looking. And then in our conversation, she kind of let it slip that that her husband had like all these like substance abuse issues. And like, I mean, there's all this stuff that you don't even realize people are dealing with. And then I look at it and I'm like, wow. I feel very blessed. Like I haven't. And when you're, married, I mean, you're like tethered to this person. And if you know, you do this much younger, you're obviously going to change, right? Everybody changes, but the likelihood of it changing together is low. I mean, there's, there's all these things that we can assume about people, but if they don't ever share what's actually going on, then how can we really compare our lives to them?
0: Even if we're not comparing from the outside, like you said earlier, if you looked at your life on paper a few years ago, you had it all, right? You had the high paying job that you were striving so hard for and your body had to tell you, no, you're miserable,
1: Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, I'm great. Oh, I'm young. I'm living life. I have this huge apartment. Everything's wonderful. Oh, life or Riley. Like, I don't think he cares, but it's like, no, I was, I was maybe 15 pounds less than I am now. I was eating regularly. And and more than that, I felt awful all the time. Humans get used to anything. You can get used to feeling bad and then thinking that that's normal. Like thinking that is baseline. I think it goes back to what we said earlier, like, what is your intention behind why you're doing what you're doing? If it's just money or to like get married and and these are like your sole reasons for doing anything. I mean, I think it's like you said, you're never going to be happy if you get the promotion. Oh, you get the partner. Oh, you get the money. You get this, that, and the other. If you're not already happy with who you are and what you're doing in your life before you get those things, then those things aren't going to change for you.
0: So for you, what do you do now to keep yourself in check and be like, okay, I'm not, what are my intentions? Am I doing this all for the right reason? And then just making sure that you like stay on that path.
1: Of course. So, I mean, there's, I kind of do a number of things and I like novelty. So doing the same thing every day would make me not want to do it. So, you know, whether it's journaling, meditating, I also do this thing called EFT tapping. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's emotional freedom technique. So this is a bit alternative medicine, but we basically have several meridian points on our face and kind of on our collarbone at just like this upper part of our body and tapping them while saying affirmations, you know, things that sound funny, like, like maybe you don't really believe this, but you'll say something like, I am worthy of everything life has to offer me. And you do this over and over? I mean, this, this can eventually set into your mindset. Um, another thing I do and that I think everyone should do something i like to call the energy test so this is when say there's something going on say there's a job you're up for a job they gave you the offer should i take it maybe it's oh i'm dating this person do i want to keep dating them this is what you do in order to tell what you really want or what is really best for you i want you to close your eyes and you feel what would happen if you took this job and you run through the scenario And if you start feeling really excited and good about it, okay, take note of that. Then I want you to think about what will happen if I don't take this job, right? And really go through it. Like maybe it could be, maybe I'll get another job, maybe blah, blah, whatever. Whichever one of those feels you're more excited about. And you'll know immediately if you're honest with yourself. You have to like talk yourself into it. Like, oh no, I'll take it because, you know, then I'll have this or then I'll have that. And the same thing with dating people. Oh, like yeah, maybe this I don't like about him, but I like that. And if there's any of that going on, you know, that's the wrong decision. Okay. That is it. That's how you really tell what you really want to be doing and how to stay more in line with what is actually right for you.
0: Yeah. I think, okay. First of all, with dating people, if you would rather sit like the dates coming up and you're like, I just wish I didn't have to go on this date so I could watch (laughs) one more episode of the show. You don't like that person. Okay. Callie. Can we, I know we've gone a little bit longer than intended. I'm like, gosh, I, time has flown. Clearly I'm in
1: flow enjoying our convo a lot. I, I
0: love these moments when we're in flow, but Kelly, can I ask you a couple questions about your life?
1: Okay. Yeah, let's go. Right.
0: What's one life lesson you've had to learn over and over again?
1: Oh gosh. This I will say is about relationships. If someone in the very beginning does something that is a red flag, like yelling at you, throwing your things, anything that's just base level disrespect, do not engage further. It took me three exclusive committed relationships to learn that. Okay. Bye. Done. Lesson learned. If there are wounds that you have, you haven't healed, they're going to keep coming up. And For me, I didn't recognize there's a pattern here. I was not seeing it. I was like in this denial, delusional, no, this isn't the same thing at all. This this is totally different. No, no, no. They're not the same people that look different and having the same sort of things happen. No, no, no. But then, you know, after healing this wound and really getting deep to the part of like where that came from or why I ended up in these situations in the first place, I think it was more of like, wow, I was doing the best that I could at this time. Like that was what I thought was the best. And, you know, really just having compassion, I think for that younger version of me. So if anyone listening to this has been there, trust, like you are doing the best that you can and they probably were too, but now you know better. And I hope you heal this wound so that it doesn't happen again, because I'm proof that it does. Like everybody always says you have a type, right? And people think that physically
0: means hair, height, eye color. No, no, no. It doesn't. I think if you're saying, hey, what's your type? Look at every single breakup you've had, figured out why you two broke up. That's your type.
1: Oh, yes. That's so true. And it's really, and I think this is top of mind to me right now because I literally just recorded a podcast episode actually about this and how I ended up in my first abusive relationship, to be honest. and. It took me, you know, realizing what were the dynamics here that were playing out. Like, what was this wound I was trying to heal with this person that had nothing to do with them? It was like, you know, something back from my childhood. And I think that it is so true. And they all ended the same exact way. And it's yeah. it's really that's so telling. That that's a very wise thing you said for other people listening. That is your type. It's not a physical characteristic at no. all.
0: No, your type is never a physical characteristic. Your type is, how do you see this ending? Uh, What's the one piece of advice you wish you had at 18?
1: Oh gosh, at 18. Well, you know, this is hard because I believe that everything I've been through and everything that's happened led me to where I am now. So if I was to go back and change something, like I I don't, I don't really have regrets in that way, but I think for my 18-year-old self, my wish for her is that she could see how smart and capable and worthy she is of everything and that you know she is worthy of being respected. She is worthy of, she is smart. She is really smart. She doesn't need to, you know, do all this other stuff to try to overcompensate or, or to feel bad about herself. I that's That's what I would wish for her is that she could see herself the way that I see her now. Do you think if she knew all of those things sort of consciously, like you just
0: described, if she would have taken the job that you ended up getting fired from?
1: No. And I don't think she would have ended up in the relationships I was in either. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it would have completely, because here's the thing. When you're an insecure person, like I was, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have been here or maybe they're still there. You make decisions from a place of scarcity and from fear. And when you make decisions from a place of scarcity and fear, what you end up doing is getting more scarcity and more fear into your life. But if you make decisions from a place of love and abundance, like then you end up attracting and becoming more of that. Yes. Right?
0: This is... The thing. And I don't know how to describe it to people because no, you just described it so perfectly. But people are afraid to leave their job because they're afraid they won't get another job. So they stay in unhappy jobs or they're afraid to take the new job because they're not quite sure what the unknown behind it looks like. They're afraid to get into a relationship because they're not sure if they're a relationship person or if this is the right person or whatever, or they're afraid to leave a relationship because they're not sure that they could be single. They're not sure they can find anybody better. If you make a decision based on hope instead of fear, you make something that you want as opposed to protecting what you think you need.
1: I've learned now that- Any decision, not just jobs, not just relationships, like literally any decision anyone makes, you're making it for one of two reasons, fear and love. That is it. There's, if you boil it down to its most granular level, that is it. And you can really look at why you're making those decisions in your life. And maybe, maybe you're at a point right now where you're like, my life isn't really what I thought it would be, or I'm not really that satisfied with it. I bet you'll see that a lot of your decisions weren't made from a place of love.
0: I cannot amplify that statement enough. Okay. What's the best piece of financial advice you've ever received?
1: Invest. Invest. Yes, that is the best because I, and I received this young actually. So when I was in my early twenties, just starting out, I just started investing all my money. And now at this time I've, I've seen a lot of the benefits of it. And it's, it's really amazing because I think that when you have this mindset of, I think it's attached to a growth mindset too, like, okay, I'm going to invest it and we'll be able to touch it for a while. But then over many years, you're going to really see that, that it's going to be very, very fruitful. And I think it's the same thing with everything else we're talking about, where investing or spending time now to heal your wounds or maybe giving things that that you don't know what's going to happen, right? This uncertainty. I mean, what you're saying is I care about
0: current me but I care about future me more. And so I'm going to protect her. Yes. Is there a relationship in your life you wish were stronger
1: and why? Uh, yeah. You know, I'd say that I, my brother, I wish I had a stronger relationship with him. I think that, over time, because we've both changed so much. I mean, I think sibling, this is something that also isn't talked about enough, which is like the dynamics in sibling relationships. And I think that, wow. right? And for a lot, and when, when your family has a certain dynamic and then someone changes this dynamic, you know, whoever it is, I think it can really cause friction in certain relationships. And, you know, I think that my relationship with him, I wish was better, but I also know that, you know, again, it's everything in time, right? You can't force things to be different. I know because I've tried, oh, I've tried, can. I tried so hard with him and it, it's just, I, I realized over time, like I was just hurting myself. Like he's, you know, he can give a certain amount and I need to be respectful of that. You can't force someone, but it's, I, I think it's just learning that People go at their own pace and there's nothing you can say or do. Like you cannot control another person. This is like the number one thing. Like you cannot control it.
0: Yeah. No, you can't. Oh man, there's so much there. That's a whole other episode. But is there one moment in your life you wish you could do over? I know you said no regrets. It can be small, but is there just one moment, a conversation, something that you were just like, God, if I got a second chance at that, I'd fucking nail it.
1: Yeah, there are, you know, I'd say there are probably two things that I wish I could I could erase. And, you know, it's it's probably gonna sound weird when I say this. I've actually never said this publicly, but like this, this just carried so much shame for me. And over the years, I think it has lessened to a certain degree, but yeah, I mean it's definitely lessened, but it was for a while. And you know, this is really interesting. I, I was on Instagram and I don't know why I was like going through people I was following. I don't know. Maybe I wanted it to look like a certain way, whatever. So I unfollowed this person and this person was interestingly enough. This also relates back to my brother was my brother's ex-girlfriend. Cause I was like, why, you know, why am I following this person? She was really amazing by the way. I loved her. I I just was in a weird time in my life. I unfollowed her. Um, She noticed and she reached out to me and said, you know, why did you unfollow me? Like, did I do something to hurt your feelings? Like, why did you do this? And I shamed her. I responded and said, that is so embarrassing. Like, why would you even notice I unfollowed you? Like, you should be embarrassed that you ever even asked that question. Like, lashed out at her like that. And I've never, she was so nice to me. Like, I can't even explain to you. Like, she's such a gentle, loving person. And like, clearly was coming from a very good place, but I just, you know, was in a place in my life where I, for whatever reason, like wanted to make other people feel bad, probably because I was miserable. Mm -hmm. And I shamed her for caring about me, for like wondering if she had done something to hurt my feelings. And then I hurt her feelings. And it took me years. I'm not kidding you. I I thought about it and I would message her be like You know, afterwards, I obviously reached out. I apologize. I want to say how sorry I was, how I was, you know, and and she would respond and say, you know, it's okay. I totally get it. But, you know, I could tell that it's just like, it's like once you do something, the other person's like, oh, now I see your true colors. Like she was kind and responsive, but it would never, it never went back to, you know, feeling that positive ever again. And I've just, I know it's a weird thing to say, but I just so deeply well now I'm obviously never ever said or done anything like that ever since or before but so I guess I needed to learn that I guess I don't know but it's
0: one of those life lessons you just had to learn the hard way like you'll never do it again it's regrettable but it's you learned from it you apologize and you've moved on
1: yeah I'd say that that I mean like I said it sounds weird that that's my regret but like to someone that was so kind to me and just was nothing but supportive and loving I mean I had my own I had a separate friendship with her as well I just couldn't believe how I acted like and I felt deep shame about it for a long time
0: yeah And now you get to move forward from it because you've apologized you've learned the lesson you won't do it again. You shared something, so I'll share one that yes, is very please. similar as well. I was, you know. I was in a class one time. It was kind of like an acting class, but not really an acting class. It was about body movement. This one exercise we were doing, you're supposed to share something that you've sort of held in, and then you, like, scream at the end or something. Like, you were just supposed to let it out. And I am very bad at anger. But I always admire people who are able to like handle anger in an appropriate way. And so one girl goes and I was like, "Mm, okay, like you could tell she had like tears running down her face, but it felt forced. And then there was another girl who went after her and hers felt so raw. And so it like broke my heart watching her. And I was like, oh my God, this girl is incredible. And so they asked me to go and I was next. And I just looked at the teacher and I was like, I don't. I don't know if I can do that. Um, I was like, that was really raw and open. And she was like, well, why don't you just try it? Just try whatever comes out. And I was like, look, I would. But after seeing that, I don't think I'll ever get that raw. And I feel like it might feel faked or forced. And I pointed to the first girl when I said it, like subconsciously, just like my brain just pointed to the girl when I was like, I think if I try it right now, it's going to come out and look faked and forced. And I don't want to do that. And the girl got really upset that I pointed to her and I was like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I was just, it was just in comparison, like that was so insanely good. And like, I don't think I, I was like, I backtracked it and I was like, I'm just talking about myself here. Like, I don't think I can, you were both very brave. That was eight years ago. I still think about that moment. Where I was like, oh my god, I made this girl so upset by pointing at her, comparing her to this other girl, and now she thinks she did a bad job. And it was like, just, she probably doesn't think about that at all. She might hate me, but she doesn't think about it at all.
1: (laughs) I mean, you say, my thing was seven years ago. Like, I, I, and we're still talking about these things. Yeah, because it's so, I mean, and you're probably the same way too. Like, I try to never intentionally hurt someone ever like I really and if I do like if I think maybe I anxiety like I will I will berate myself I mean so it's like when we do something that is so obviously hurtful like we can see it or like we can tell it stays with you and it's yeah. something that you don't do often like I don't go around shaming people or like trying to make them feel bad so when I did it, it was like oh my god this is like I did that, I did that subconsciously because of whatever I, you were going through, I was going through, I mean, it's just, like you said, it's, it comes out.
0: Yeah, and now I've, I've probably hurt myself more than I ever hurt that girl, and it's a yes. lesson I learned, and I now, when I am in any sort of class like that, keep my hands crossed and do not point at anybody, and I'm very careful. Like, these are lessons that you do have to learn in certain ways, and there's no other way to learn them. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on. You offer a lot of great programs and your Instagram is amazing. Will you tell everybody where to find you?
1: Oh my gosh. First of all, Natasha, thank you so much for having me. This is honestly so fun. I loved our conversation. Um, yes, I do offer lots of fun things and you can find me at my Instagram, which is at Kelly M Madera. So K-E-L-L-Y-M-M-A-D-E-R-A. Great place to find me. All my things are there and I'd love to talk to you more.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. I told you guys Kelly was awesome. She really highlights so many great signs for burnout and for protecting yourself in the workplace and putting up boundaries all these really important things that we tend to push aside when we're just in that hustler mindset. So if anything she said today resonated with you, I highly encourage you to reach out to her or to check out her programs. We've got another great episode next week, and we're only halfway through the season, almost, not even. So keep checking in, and until then, have a great week. That's all for today's episode. Check back in next week to talk a little more shit with me. In the meantime, be sure to grab your copy of Shit Adults Never Taught Us on Amazon and Barnes & Noble to learn all the shit adults never taught us. And in case no one told you this week, you're killing it. So keep going, you genuine badass.